reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, the second chapter, beginning with the first verse. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child would marry his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then... Opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Several years ago, I gave up New Year's resolutions. I guess you could say that I resolved not to make resolutions. (laughs) I have chosen not to make New Year's resolutions at all. And I wish I could tell you that I have some great reason for that, some noble reason, some scriptural reason. I could say, the Bible says, thou shalt not say what shall happen tomorrow, or something like that. I wish I could tell you that it was something like that. But the simple truth is, I just got tired of not keeping them. You know what I mean? I got tired of waking up one day and said, well, there goes another one. I mean, what sense does it make for fat people to say they're not going to eat pizza? (laughs) Right. You're just setting yourself up to fail. So one day I realized I would not do that anymore. My solution to failing to keep my resolutions is I would resolve to quit making New Year's resolutions. So the only New Year's resolution I have ever kept is that I would never make another one. Now, my strategy is not for everybody. That's evidenced by the USA.gov website that keeps a list of the most popular ones every year. And not only that, they make links out of that list so that you can click lose weight and be transported to a website that will help you lose weight. How wonderful is that? You can click quit smoking and a website will open that will help you quit smoking. But what if you're resolution is something altogether different. 
What if you and I together could make a resolution to know Christ more? What if we could make a resolution to grow in our discipleship and be closer to God? As a person that hates resolutions, I would have to sign up for that. And there's tension in that idea for me that I would somehow make a commitment with you that we would all grow closer to Christ together. There's tension in it, and it's also wonderful because it's what we do every week, right, church? When we come here, we make a commitment to know Christ more and more. But I think I could get behind that kind of resolution. Not just because it's about Christ, but because I know that God desires that we know God more and more and more. In fact, the Apostle James makes that point plain in his letter to the church. In chapter 4, he says, Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. That's a pretty plain promise, isn't it, church? The writer of 2 Peter tells us that the whole point of his book in the Bible was so that we could grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says that that's the point of the Christian life, that our waiting for the new heaven and the new earth is to be sent, spent growing in Christ, in His grace and in our knowledge of Him. A resolution to grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is a good idea. I can't imagine that there would be a better resolution than that. And I'm fairly certain that my desire to avoid failure would not be enough of a reason not to enter into that kind of resolution. Because it seems that the story of these magi, these astrologers, these wise men from the east is meant to convince us that God wants to be found in Christ. That apparently God wanted these people who were so far removed from Israel, from everything they were about, everything they were, even their own region, so far removed from who God had called before that we could imagine God might even call us to Himself. That's what Epiphany is all about. A chance for us to realize that God revealed Himself to people who were not like everyone else God had ever spoken to. The Magi story suggests to us that God truly does desire that we would come to know Christ, to worship Christ, and to bring our own gifts to Christ. And here's the trick. A resolution to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ means that eventually we too will come to grips with the truth that He is King. That He is the one born King. If we choose to grow in our understanding of Him and to grow in His grace, we will be forced to realize, to acknowledge that He is King. And there's a question that will arise then, and I've called it Epiphany's Question. Will we accept that? Epiphany 
is a fancy word that means that you've had something suddenly revealed to you in a way that's inescapable that you can't deny what it is. And the story of these magi means for us that God will at some point in our lives reveal Christ to us in a way that we can't deny who He is any longer. According to Matthew, the wise men arrived at Herod's gate asking the question, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? And Herod didn't like that because Herod was not born king of the Jews. Herod was appointed by Rome. He was a paranoid megalomaniac who killed his own wife, killed several of his sons, and killed other members of his family because he thought they wanted his throne. He does not sound like a candidate to respond positively to the idea that there's a new king born, does he? Herod had no interest in affirming one born king of the Jews. He had no interest in seeing some newborn baby proclaim the son of David, the Messiah, who would sit on David's throne forever because Herod wanted to sit on that throne. As far as Herod was concerned, he was the only king If we make a resolution to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, we will be confronted with the notion that we are not king as well. We will be confronted with the idea that our life is not ours to rule. That Christ alone is Lord and King. So Epiphany's simple question to us is, can we accept Christ as a king? Can we acknowledge Him as Lord? Can we submit to His reign over all creation that includes you and me? Will we come to Him as a king or will we also try to put Him away just as Herod did? The wise men, their value in this story is that God revealed to them that Jesus was born king. A miraculously heavenly event A star that traveled the wrong way across the sky led them to Christ. It led them first to Jerusalem where they could hear the Scriptures of where He would be born. And then it led them to where He was. They came to Him, they worshipped Him, and they brought gifts to Him that were fit for a king. And their purpose, it seems, is to show us how to respond to Jesus. What it looks like to respond to God's claim, this is the King of the Jews. Herod shows us how not to respond. In true form, he resolved in his heart to crush the little baby, to maintain the status quo where he was king and he was large and in charge. And so he sent his armies to massacre the babies of Bethlehem. Every child two and under he had killed to put away the claim that there could be any king other than Herod. Herod so longed to protect his own rule that he'd lost sight of the value of life, even the innocent life of children. The Magi are presented to us as a contrast because they follow the light they have. They follow the star given to them. And the truth is, dear ones, we also have been led to Christ by some light that happened in our lives. 
by some person or some event that came to us, we found the Christ child. We learned that He had been born King. We too have experienced epiphany, or you wouldn't be here. We also have been confronted with the possibility that the child in the manger is King of the universe. And we're faced with the same choice that the Magi and Herod were faced with. Will we accept Him as King? Will we worship Him? Will we recognize His rule? Or will we put Him away? Doing whatever is necessary to maintain the status quo, even if that means occasionally denying Him and living as though He has no claim over us. Will we allow Him to have rulership of our own lives? Or will we keep all that we are and have to ourselves? Even though I'm deeply afraid of New Year's resolutions because I don't like failing, I am indeed inviting us to make one. I'm inviting us to commit this year to drawing nearer to God in Christ. Because God's promise to us is that God will draw nearer to us in Christ. We're not setting ourselves up for failure, but merely taking our right place before the throne of Christ. And as we seek to know Him more and more, to grow in His grace and in our knowledge of Him, May we be prepared to offer our whole selves to Him, withholding nothing. Because He is born King. King of all creation. Epiphany's choice is before us. We've had it revealed to us that Christ is King. Can we? Will we come to Him? Will we bow down before Him and offer ourselves our most precious gift to Him. What a contrast of responses is before us. Magi who worship Him and Herod who seeks to kill Him. I am inviting us to commit to worshiping Him. To commit to knowing Him to commit to bow down to Him and live in a way that shows that He truly is our King. I'm inviting us to grow in in the grace and knowledge of Christ so that He might truly have rule in every part of our lives. As we come to Christ's table today, a table of grace and mercy, can we, will we accept Him as King? Will we acknowledge in our hearts this day that He is our Lord? Are we willing to commit our lives to His rule, whatever that might mean? My prayer is that we will respond yes. That as you come to the table today, you will offer yourself to Him again as you receive the life that He gives you. Amen.